Hello and welcome back everybody to the Just One More Level podcast. I am your co-host Christian. And I'm your co-host John. And this week we have played, I did it right this time, we have played Crash Bandicoot, uh, the Insane Trilogy. To be specific, we only did the first one uh, to start with. We most likely will be doing the other ones at some point, but Mm -hmm. we wanted to focus on just kind of one at a time. Uh, To be honest, we did consider covering all three. John specifically did bring that up, but just time constraints and things like that, I wasn't able to do it this time around. It would have kind of made sense, though. Uh, Whenever you brought it up to me, I did think a lot about it there, John. Um, With it being a pack of three games, I I did spend some time thinking about it. Like, it probably would be a really good idea to spend, you know, an hour on all three games. Just time constraints and things like that. The past week or so has been crazy. But Uh don't worry, we will return to them eventually. But, uh... John, how did you uh how'd you like it? Did you did you have some fun with Crash 1 here? Oh, I had tons of fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Um I'm a I've been a long-time fan. I played the original game a whole bunch uh when I was a kid and it was always the perfect blend of like fun and challenge. Um it has this addictive gameplay to it where as far as just one more level goes, it, it, that's what it begs you to do. It oh, begs yeah, you to definitely. play. Just try one more time. Just play one more level and try to try to perfect it a little bit because even even before you hit the first boss, it starts to have a bit of a difficulty curve. Not too much, not something unmanageable, but something that makes you think about what you're doing. Right. And I actually saw a really interesting uh, video this week. Um, it was sort of a like a like a short documentary type thing on youtube about the making of crash bandicoot the first game Ah. and it was uh one of the guys from naughty dog he was talking about the development of this game because previously it was just two guys the only thing they'd ever worked on before was a fighting game for the 3do and uh universal flew them out to california to work on this new game this new pitch that they were doing and uh they decided that they wanted to develop it for the playstation for various reasons and he went through a lot of intricate detail and a lot of technical terms that I won't pretend to understand. But um, basically, what he said was he hacked the PlayStation and designed this game in a very unique and specific way to utilize as much memory as possible. Because Crash, uh, especially on the original PlayStation, and he looks great now, but yeah. especially back then, he looked great. Yeah, yeah, real um, he, he mascot didn't... type character for the PlayStation, and right. I'm sure that's part of the reason why is because it just came, like you said, mm-hmm. visually he was just very striking, especially yes. in you know 19 whatever whenever it came out. Yeah, ni- 95, 96, I think, um, roughly. Yeah, and he he looked very clean. He looked like a really clean cartoon character with a lot of dynamic movement. The mm-hmm. movement on the PlayStation, as you saw last week with uh, Resident Evil, and the week before with Silent Hill, it was very stiff. Yeah, there wasn't yeah. a lot you could do <laughs> with those old polygonal figures when you're trying right. to go for realism. But since they were going for cartoon, uh, they were able to not use uh, bones in the rendering of the figure, but right. they only rendered the vertices mm-hmm. of his movements. And they were able to like do... He, he explained it all. It's so much better. If you want to uh, look it up on YouTube, folks, it's uh, uh, War Stories, I think. Uh, Crash Bandicoot's. Um, I forget the channel name, but we'll link it somewhere. Um, yeah, we'll figure it but out. But he, he, he talks about, like, basically, it sounded kind of Minecrafty. He said he used, like, chunk loading. And so they utilized, they soaked up all this memory on the disc, and instead I of... I see what you're saying, yeah. Okay. Loading, and instead of loading an entire level onto the RAM and trying to figure out how to put an entire level on two megabytes of RAM, like other games at the time did, 
um, they only loaded onto the RAM what was necessary for that point in time. Sure. And it was yeah, okay. it, it was very dynamic, but that I, helps explain I, I, a lot of the level design too, because um, yeah. they have like the big hills that completely block the uh, farther points in the level and like sharp turns mm-hmm. that block off everything that you could see. So that kind of makes sense yeah. for the level design aspect of it too. Why they did it the way they did it. Um, yeah. Because and, um, those big hills and turns give them an opportunity to unload everything behind and start loading mm-hmm. everything in front. Right. And uh, I I digress from all of this techno babble to say uh, what what was very striking for me about why he did all of this this technical wizardry on the game was not to have the most visually striking game. It wasn't to reach some sort of milestone with technology development. It was to make the game fun. That's mm-hmm. what he kept talking about. He said, I need this. The The thing that's fun about 2D action platformers, and he referenced Super Mario World and Donkey Kong Country. Oh, of the course, thing that's yeah. fun about that is how action-packed and fast-paced it is. And that mm-hmm. part, that, that, that comes into how addicting it can be. It's fast-paced and it's action-packed and it's rewarding when you're playing these types of games. So um, he needed to make that happen in a 3D world because it had never been done before. So he wanted to do all of this techno te- technological strain on himself and his team to make the game fun. And that's it still translates even to this day. The gameplay is almost I- identical in, at, at the basic form. Right. They've I'm added sure a lot to differences it. and things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I know they had to rebuild the game, of course, yeah. uh, from the ground up for the modern graphics. But to have that same core gameplay element that I've loved for my entire life, and then bring it into this modern world where now it looks visually stunning. It's just a great experience. So I honestly admit, I it sounds like you've had a long history with this game. I'm actually fairly new yeah. to Crash Bandicoot. Um, okay. I have played a tiny bit when I was a child, but we never owned mm-hmm. the game as far as I'm aware when I was a child. Okay. Um, so this is my first time actually sitting down and playing through it proper um, at okay. all. And I, I, I mean, I only played about an hour for the podcast, but still... Like I said, it's my first time, like, from the beginning, right? Because before I was always mm-hmm. playing on, like, somebody else's save or just hopping into the game while talking mm-hmm. to a friend or something like that. Um, right. And I I don't know if it has to do with the remake or I don't know if they were problems in the original. Um, mm-hmm. So don't get me wrong, I did really enjoy the game, but I actually did have some, some little gripes about the game, I'm not going to lie. Um, okay, that's fair. Some of it just has to do with old school platformers, right? Um, yeah. Things with, like, some enemy placement was a little... Like, really, did you have to put them there, you know, where it's going to knock you right into a bottomless pit if you jump a little bit wrong? Yeah. Some of the jumps were just needlessly tight. And it's something yeah. that mm-hmm. you hear a lot about if you um, watch a lot of people in the Super Mario community that do, like, Kaizo hacks and things specifically. There's mm-hmm. hard and then there's fun hard, right? Right. And there's a, a, there's a difference between the two, whereas, like, right. hard is just making things so tight that just a tiny little bit of imprecision will get you killed or where you can't see what you're jumping on to. Um, mm-hmm. So you have to just kind of have knowledge checks is kind of what they call it, things like that. Um, yeah. Whereas fun hard is a challenge, like a really tight jump, but with a safety net or a backup or something like that. It's good to have risk, but it's mm-hmm. not good to be unfair almost. And I feel like right. quite a bit of times, in this game, the jumps were too tight, where if you jump just a tiny mm-hmm. bit too early, then you die. Um, specifically, one of the ones that comes to mind is is in like the 6th, 7th-ish level, something like that, maybe a little bit later. Yeah, there yeah. are spikes that like come up from the ground or down from the top. 
Yeah. Um, and there's also slopes that are covered in like a moss. And yeah, you slide yeah. down the moss more quickly, but have trouble going up the moss. So there's right. two ramps uh, with covered in moss going down. Uh, one mm-hmm. coming down and one going up on the other side, and then two of those spike traps coming up from the center, just to kind of right. set the scene for you there. So you run mm-hmm. down the one, and you have to time it so that you can miss both the spike traps that are coming up and then jump to the other side. But as soon as you hit a moss-covered platform, you slide back a tiny bit. Yep. And since you're jumping over two spikes, the jump's already fairly tight. Um, yep. So I died a couple times just because I made the jump, but as soon as I hit that platform, I slid back a tiny bit, and touch yeah. the spike, and then that's just death. Um, right. Which I was like, ah, oh, that's a little cheap. And then another thing, right in like the first few levels, I watching the video on Twitch is what made me think about it. Um, mm-hmm. There's a bunch of rolling, uh, I don't even know what they are, just rolling discs like back and forth that you have to dodge. Right, yeah. And it's insta-death if you're hit by one, which makes sense if you were yeah. crushed by one or whatever. But if you just touch the front of one, like not even get crushed by it, but if you touch it at yeah. all, it's insta-death, which... Now that I know that, it's not that big of a deal, but it did annoy me a couple times. So it's just little things like that. Like there's, and like I said, a lot of that has to do with old school game design. That's just how they did a lot of platformers back then was to make Mm -hmm. things, except for Mario. Mario had the perfect mix of difficulty and fun, in my opinion. Um, Other than that, um, one other gripe that I had, and I mean, everybody at this point should know by now, I get mad about little technical things a lot of times. Right, right, right. This game, the PC port's not bad. I did try it with both uh, keyboard and keyboard and mouse, as well as with controller. Works oh, fine you, with both, you in my masochist. opinion. What um, are you and doing? honestly, it worked <laughs> fine with the the keyboard, in my opinion, until really? until it got to the point to where you actually had to start holding space to do like longer jumps. That's kind of oh, okay. hard to do, in my opinion. I just don't have the coordination, the practice to play platformers with a keyboard for that. Um, but yeah. that was the only thing that I found that was really frustrating at all. Because otherwise it was just, you know, space to jump, WASD to move, and then you use okay. the uh, the mouse to spin. So it was pretty, pretty bog standard stuff. That's um, not bad. Yeah, exactly. But they lock the frame rate to either 24 or 48 frames per second. Okay. Which is just gross in a video game standpoint. <laughs> 24 <laughs> is pretty standard for like movies Film. and television yeah. shows and things like that. Um, 48 isn't unheard of. I believe that's the frame rate that The Hobbit was shot in, even though a lot of people complained about that. Um, yeah. But in a video, why? Give me I 60 at least. Like, um, I loved it. The, yeah. the <laughs> higher frame rate in The Hobbit, I thought it looked much more crisp and clean. Um, I would prefer everything shot like that. I hate motion blur in video games. If there's motion blur on to give you a more, like, cinematic feel, I instantly turn right. it off. Disgusting. See, well, see, Disgusting. That's, <laughs> see, that's, that, that, that's the thing. In a video game, I don't want motion. I, I don't want it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want it. Yeah. I want, I want crisp, clean graphics. Um, but when it comes to a movie, it depends. You know, what kind of movie am I watching here? And the only reason I didn't like it in The Hobbit was because I was such a big fan of The Lord of the Rings and how those movies look. Sure. And the the types of things that they did to achieve the graphics that they did um, were incredible. Like, it mm-hmm. was, like, true art to, yeah. to achieve some of the things that they were able to do in the early 2000s for The Lord of the Rings movies. And then for this movie, you know, for The Hobbit, they just threw it all out the window. <laughs> <laughs> they, and they I will concede... Do... Well, I think The Hobbit, like all of the CG work and everything looked much better in The Hobbit. There yeah. are things they did much better in Lord of the Rings going on a little bit of a sidetrack here. Um, yeah. But for instance, the way that they showed the size of The Hobbits compared to everybody else mm-hmm. was done much better, much, much better in The Lord of the Rings than it was in The Hobbit. 
And that was without a bunch of CG and whatnot, mostly just practical like camera shots and whatnot. Um, So I do concede to a certain degree with that, but the, um, I think too, the uh, um... the frame rate for me had no effect, right? Like what, Mm -hmm. what, what difference did having a lower frame rate do for the practical effects really, you know? Um, no, so... and, and and that could have looked fine. I think it was a mix of both that really caught me. The frame right. rate thing wasn't oh, wasn't too bad. I felt that um, in some of the moments because it was in 3D when it came out, mm-hmm. um, and that that's how I saw it in the theater was in 3D. Some of the moments were a little nauseating. I think when they went down into like the sure, I layer. never watched the 3D version, so yeah, yeah. It, it it got a little nauseating just because the the camera moving around so much. Um, so I, I guess I don't take fault with the technical aspect of shooting a movie in 48 FPS. It's, uh, the certain things that they did when they, sure, when they, with that, that specific way. movie. Yeah. With, but with back to video games. Movie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back to Crash <laughs> um, Bandicoot. It just makes no sense for a video game. And I think that's something we both agree on there. The yeah. video games, the that's more control weird. you have, the higher FPS, the more control you have, the more feedback you get. And generally speaking, just the more fluid the game plays. There's no reason that I know of for it to be locked to 48 or 24 FPS. Maybe Could they were trying been... to keep... I, I think the only thing I can think of is that the original game probably ran at a sub-30 FPS because of the limitations of the PlayStation. So yeah. they were trying to keep that kind of feel of it. Right. But you can... I mean... We have the technology these days to make animations look like whatever you want them to look like regardless of the right. FPS that it's playing at. So I just... I don't get why. So from a technical standpoint, I I was kind of irritated with that. Um, With Mm -hmm. platformers, especially, you want as much precision and control as possible, um, especially when there's tight jumps and Mm insta-death pits and things like that. So, um, But level design, you kind of touched on that a little bit um, when you were talking about the documentary. I do agree the level design for the most part is fantastic. Mm Mm-hmm. My only gripe is with the the camera angle, like in the rolling ball section, for instance, the camera angle doesn't give you very much vision um, behind what's normally behind the character. But in this game, about four levels in or whatever, there's a giant ball, Indiana Jones style, rolling down a hill, going to kill you. And so you're running the opposite direction of what you normally would um, towards the camera instead of away from it. And the camera Mm -hmm. angle doesn't really lend itself well to going backwards in a level or towards Mm -hmm. the camera in general. So uh, yeah. that was a little iffy to me. Um, and then this game seems to love to hide things kind of off screen because it is a fixed camera angle game. And the camera yeah. angle is kind of like down at a 45-ish degree angle behind the uh, behind crash here. Mm-hmm. Um, and just sometimes there are boxes and things that you just can't see. So without like playing the game repeatedly to just know where they're at, it's kind of right. like... It's it's a thing. Um, now, mm-hmm. I do believe I've watched a little bit of videos on this game before previously, specifically like the remake versus the original. And I believe yeah. they actually changed the camera angle a tiny bit. I could did, be yeah. mistaken. But yeah, so from what I've heard, it was actually a little bit better in the original. This is just kind of specific to the remake, the gripe about the camera. Um, yeah, um, it was the update to a 16 by 9 aspect ratio. Uh, oh, it, sure. it was it was the way the way that it was cropped to translate it into a sixteen by nine. They yeah. um they lost a little bit of verticality when they cropped it, which um, I think would have helped a lot if they kept the yeah. verticality of the camera. I mean, yeah, um, um I, I I I agree. Um, I actually had the original running beside me uh, because mm-hmm. my CRT is beside my my PC setup here. 
And right. uh, my, my wife and my nephew were playing the original game. <laughs> while you were playing the, <laughs> while the I was remake. Playing the remake. Yeah. Um, so it, it was kind of fun to have that real in real time compare contrast. Yeah, um, that is cool. Yeah. But com- coming from a place, if, if I may um, counteract a few of those points, coming, of, yeah, coming from yeah. a place of having played the original so much and generally being a fan of these Naughty Dog platformers, I'm a huge fan of Jack and Daxter. That's oh, same, up. same there. I'm a, yeah. I'm a huge 100%. fan of Jack and Daxter. Um, I've always loved the Crash Bandicoot games, and um, just uh, I, I, I had a PlayStation instead of an N64. So mm-hmm. while everybody else was loading up on Mario 64 and Mario Party and all that kind of stuff, I had you know Crash Bandicoot and uh, Crash Bash and yeah. <laughs> well, I, I didn't have Crash Bash. I actually just recently discovered Crash Bash. Oh really? <laughs> which yeah, which was the first. It was the first. My wife played it. Uh, my wife had it growing up, and um, she introduced me to it. And I think it's it's very fun for a clone, you know, because it's not like a well, Super not Mario a, or Mario Party. I mean, style. Yeah, it's not yeah. a straight up clone, but it it was the PlayStation's in the same to, vein. Yeah, yeah, sure. Mario Party, and I th- I think it's it's actually really really fun. Um, and I think that. Given their limitations, I, I don't know if this guy was just saying that, excuse me, he was one of the first, but the way he made it sound was he made the world's first 3D action platformer. <laughs> and I, I don't, I don't think so, but I can't verify you know. <laughs> that, but, um, he, he said that, uh, similar type games that were made before, um, he, he, he was talking about like what you said with the, the camera angle. And mm-hmm. uh, crash running towards the camera during that boulder segment instead of away yeah. from it. Um, he said that that type of thing had never been done in an action platforming game. That much uh, I could I could see. Yeah, being fi- true, fi- yeah. fixing fixing the camera angle and uh, forcing you to do different things because he said he didn't want you seeing the character's back of the head the whole time. That's he fair. wanted a, yeah. he wanted a little more versatility, which is why he has the um, the climbing levels where you have to climb up some kind of structure so it's more mm-hmm. 2d and yeah, then yeah. um the levels where you're running towards the camera there's a level with uh you're you know, stuck really this game a... makes me think almost exactly of castlevania right because you have a side on <laughs> camera angle <laughs> right and you're you're climbing through some kind of structure exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, getting I, to the I, top I, I totally while fighting that, yeah. enemies you know while and you can't enemies. you can't fall down mm-hmm. those pits you All right. No, just... those are insta death pits. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's yep, yep. Um, Castlevania. No, I, see, I see where you're coming from. Totally. <laughs> uh, yeah. Except the bosses in this game are very easy. Except very Ripper easy. Roo. No. Yeah. I mean, not I only Roo. fought one. I only fought you, one okay. in my time. Papu so, but so this was the easiest thing in the world. Like... What you're saying is, what you're saying then is, your opinion is invalid. <laughs> Listen, this guy. If you want to look up a walkthrough, or if you just want to pop down and play a little bit more, Ripper Roo is the second boss. Yeah, and it's 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 garbage. Okay, <laughs> it's not it's not like Papu Papu. Okay, Papu Papu is a classic kind of boss. You know, memorizes animation and hit him, and you know. It's even easier than that, though. So Um, Papu Papu is, first off, design, amazing. The level design looks great. He looks great. Honestly, and that's this whole game. Everything Mm -hmm. looks amazing in this game. The animations are beautiful. The world is beautiful. The characters, Mm -hmm. the enemies, all of it. 100% not a single complaint in my book for how everything looks. It looks fantastic. But anyways, Papu Papu, though even worse than like classical bosses in my opinion because mm-hmm. so he it's a guy who stands in the middle 
Mm-hmm. He's a larger guy. And mm-hmm. so his your spin attacks don't work on him. And he has mm-hmm. this big like stick with a thing on the end of it. And he slams it down on the ground and then starts spinning around in a circle with it like extended out in front of him. So to damage him, whenever he slams it on the ground and starts spinning, you just jump on him. He mm-hmm. doesn't even actually swing it at you. He just, no. where whichever direction he's facing is the direction he swings it. And then he starts spinning around. Mm-hmm. If he at least like locked onto you first and tried to hit you with it, Right. I think it would have been so much better. But instead, yeah. once I figured out how to damage him, it was the easiest thing in the world. Because as soon as he yeah. swung the thing down, I just jumped on him. And then I would right. go behind him. And then he mm-hmm. would recover and stand up. And mm-hmm. he wouldn't face me or anything. He would just, whichever direction he got up facing, he would swing it mm-hmm. back down again and then start spinning. So there was literally no challenge at all. <laughs> like, it was yep. the easiest thing in the world. Um know. Oh yeah, but, but yeah. and don't don't get me wrong. I mean, Papu Papu was notorious in in the gaming world for being one of the easiest, weirdest bosses, right, <laughs> of, of all time. But um, I, yeah, I can Ripper Rue. It's like a puzzle. You're you're standing in in a fixed grid. There's mm-hmm. nine platforms for you to jump on. Coming down from a waterfall is boxes of TNT. Okay. Oh, cool. And you okay. can you can prime the TNT. Um, to either set in place, or if you hit it just right, you can prime the TNT before it starts to float away again, and mm-hmm. it'll float down and uh, explode somewhere further okay. down. Um, sure. And the whole time this is going on, the, the boss is hopping between the platforms, and he has three okay. distinct patterns. Um, he'll, he'll hop in like, uh, like, uh, you know, like from bottom left, center, to bottom right, back to center, um, and then he'll hop in like a diamond, and then he'll hop in another pattern. You know, and what you need to do is memorize the pattern and then get the TNT to detonate near one of the platforms that he's going to jump on, uh-huh. which sounds easy in theory, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's in incredibly difficult. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, as a kid, I never made it past Ripperoo. Really? Okay. Never. Nope. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to do it. I don't know what I was doing wrong, but I could never make it past that boss. Um, and uh, so my purpose for this one wasn't to play it just for an hour, but I wanted to see some new stuff. You know, That's I fair. wanted to yeah. get yeah. I wanted to get past where I always fell. Um, and I made it to the uh, kind of the second world. Uh, the first world has this um, this tribal jungle type of theme going on, yes. which yeah, reoccurs. So. Um, and the uh, the vertical levels are like uh, like wooden. You know, you're climbing yep. up some kind of wooden gate or a wooden structure. Um, and then further in the level, you're in like uh, temple ruins. There's uh, levels where it's like dark. You're inside of a temple, and you move kind of like in a grid. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's a uh, there's levels where you're it's vertical again. You know, you're climbing something, both going laterally and climbing in a two D space. But yeah. it's like jungle yeah. jungle temple. And by climbing, ruins. he doesn't mean like literally climbing a ladder or anything like that. He just no. means the the main theme of the level is moving upwards, right? Jumping yes. up platforms. Um, jumping mm-hmm. up, uh, they have like boxes that can make you jump super high using those to, in a chain to kind of go up higher and higher. Yeah, not literally like just climbing a ladder or anything like that. It's much more yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the uh, I I came across the infamous bridge stage, which I had heard of in Legend before, but okay. I had never played, and it is ridiculous. <laughs> See, I didn't make it, it that far. So, so difficult. I had about 10 lives. Okay, the the level is um it's set up just like some of the early levels, you know what I mean? You're just you're uh you're walking forward. 
and yes. you're dealing with obstacles as you move forward. Um, okay. But it's a rickety bridge, so there's missing pieces, right? Um, you have to uh, like you have to jump to to stand on these things, but they're literally like one board across these platforms <laughs> that you have to make it on. And uh, there's platforms, there's regular platforms, there's platforms that fall if you stand on them too long, and then there's broken platforms that you can't land on at all. <clears throat> and on top of that, <laughs> there's uh, the wild hogs make a reappearance. Oh, okay, um, cool. But you don't ride it, it they, they charge you, and you can't attack it. Oh, there's like nothing you can do. No, there's nothing you can do to defend against it unless okay. you have... Um, Unless you have an Aku mask, which is this game's uh, star power. Heart. Yeah. This, well, yeah. Star power. And it also and uh, offers. And at the same time. Yeah. 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 You can take extra hits if you have um, wh- whatever level of the Aku mask. There's three levels yeah. to it. You have the, the regular, the golden. And then when you get the third one, you get to put it on and you have the star power. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, unless you have an Aku mask and you're able to take a hit without dying, um, you have to avoid it somehow. You have to like you have to wait for it to charge you and then like jump over into the right a bit to land on the platform behind it in, in order to make it through the level and it's awful. <laughs> okay. I played that level probably I'd say conservatively maybe thirty to forty times. <laughs> really? Okay. Before okay. I beat it. Yeah, but I couldn't stop. I was like, no, I can't. I have to beat this level. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that is one thing they do really well. I think they realized when they were designing the game how difficult some of the sections were, like how difficult yeah. some of the jumps and things were, um, mm-hmm. because they give you a lot of lives in this yeah. game. Lives are just everywhere, which I mean, I'm glad about because I died a fair amount in my one hour playthrough. So yeah. very thankful for that. And mm-hmm. it just it ad- it does add some more benefit to the game as well, because it's a very yeah. collector heavy it's not mm-hmm. quite what I would call a collectathon, right? It's not like um, the 3D Donkey Kong game, uh, Donkey Kong 64, I think it was called. It's not like Banjo Kazooie mm-hmm. or uh, right. another game that we're going to be playing in a couple weeks, Ukulele. It's not like any of those games where the main theme is collecting, but yeah. they still added a lot of stuff to collect, which I find fun. It's nice to have things like that to do little side yeah. things that aren't necessary for finishing the game, but mm-hmm. adds more to do for the people who really enjoy it, who want to who want to, yeah. you know, um, I think, um, master the game. I think Tony Hawk's Pro Skater actually had a really good balance between being a, a collect-a-thon and uh, developing skill. Oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. Cause, yeah. Because uh, there, were, there were certain things that you weren't able to unlock and complete unless you got all the letters on every level, unless you found the secret tapes, unless you got the point, uh, the point right. multipliers, you know, different things I mean, things Spider-Man, like that. anybody? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> The old, um, uh, yep, the old Spider-Man games, and uh, well, no, I, I played mean, a uh, he was, fair. Uh, Spider-Man was an unlockable character in Tony Hawk Two. Oh, I want to say, yeah, I forgot so, about that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but I, I thought you were talking about the Spider-Man games on the PS One because they were like that too. <laughs> uh, specifically for me, it was yeah, Spider-Man yeah. on the PS Two that yeah, okay. really did it. Um, I think it was yeah. Spider-Man Two on the PS Two yeah. that was just oh my god, oh, fantastic yeah. game. That was the good one, yeah. That you could actually yeah. uh, web on buildings. Before yeah, that, uh, the first Spider-Man movie game on the PS2 and the two cartoon Spider-Man games on the PS1, uh, you just webbed at the sky. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and just then Spider-Man 3, the they completely ruined it. It was like, they? they released it for PS2 and 3 because it was coming out yeah. right around the time that the PS3 was coming out. And right. maybe the PS3 version was better, I don't know, but we only had a PS2 at the time. Right. It was so bad. It was I so have, bad. I was I have so disappointed. 
Yeah, I've only played a little bit of them, but I played the uh, the PS1 Spider-Man a whole bunch uh, growing up. That was my game. Um, but anyway, back to Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, yeah, Crash. <laughs> <laughs> the game um, we're playing this week. The game we're actually playing, yeah. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about the difficulty a bit more and something that I found very, very interesting and very, very helpful. Um, and I didn't realize it was a thing until I Googled it. I thought I was going crazy, actually. Um, the game has something called dynamic difficulty. <laughs> really? Okay. Okay. So I okay. know what dynamic difficulty is, but how yeah. does this game do so, dynamic difficulty? I was playing the game and I kept dying in one spot, specifically on this level, I think, actually, what we're watching here, the second um, vertical level where you're, right. you're moving yeah. up. And this is the level structure. that I specifically was complaining about yeah. as well earlier. I kept, I I kept, little, I kept dying. <laughs> Yeah, I kept dying in one spot over and over again. And then well, when I went through it again, one of the boxes that I broke was a checkpoint. And I was like, has that always been there? Or is the game <laughs> taking it easy on me this time? And uh, I, I Googled it, and the game was, in fact, taking it easy on me this time. Oh, nice. Um, okay. It, apparently, it was a concept that they introduced all the way back in Crash Bandicoot 2 on the PlayStation. Oh, was, and then, like, um, retroactively fit to and Crash then, 1 yeah. in the trilogy? They oh, okay, retroactively okay. put it in Crash 1 when they redid it, yeah. Um, so for anybody that doesn't know, um, if you die more than once in, in a particular spot, um, they will start making the, the cubes, the, the, the crates that you break, a little bit more giving. Um, okay. they'll, put, they'll put an Aku mask in there, or they'll put more fruit in there. Um, if you die enough times on a single spot, they will start the level w- giving, by giving you an Aku mask. <laughs> <laughs> you won't even well, I mean, have that's to find good, it in my opinion honestly because yeah. yeah crash especially was made for i mean it was made during that era of the playstation where they wanted to be the ones with attitude compared to the nintendo right with their family friendly vision and whatnot but it was mm-hmm. still made to be a very family friendly game i mean yes. crash sure he's he's a character with attitude or whatever but they're right. not you know going around uh cursing at each other and smoking cigars or anything like right, that right, right like right, it's still right. a very family yeah. friendly game so children or i mean as you were just discussing me and you both have had problems mm-hmm. with this as adults even and since yeah. there's no classic difficulty slider i think that's an excellent solution to yes. the difficulty right uh-huh. yeah i think that's wonderful and i know there are other games that do that sort of thing as well now but i imagine mm-hmm. at that time that was probably a pretty big deal um, whenever yeah. crash 2 came out because yeah. um, um, I, I can't imagine there were a whole lot of PlayStation One games that did that sort of thing. I I, I don't believe so. It was the first time I'd ever heard of it, right? Know, because I'm 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 not that I, I don't play the games that often. I haven't played that many different varieties of them. So this was the first time I had ever heard of it. And like I said, I thought I was going crazy. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> is the game like taking it easy on me or something? Did I did I unlock some kind of glitch? And, right. <laughs> uh, the game actually was taking it easy on me, That's and it awesome. even goes up. Okay. It even goes up from there. Um. If you die, I forget how many times. I think it's like twenty times. They'll mm-hmm. start you out with a golden Aku mask, so you could take. Oh, really? Hits. Just straight? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. Yeah, and uh, it's it's and they will add uh, more checkpoints, and oh. apparently that's how many times I had died on that one part. <laughs> right. Was, uh, I I needed more checkpoints in the level. I know I got it on the uh, the bridge level for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was. I, I had checkpoints between every segment of the bridge, but <laughs> oh, nice, nice. It was yeah, it was great. And uh, the continue system also is extremely forgiving. If you it die really the, is. if you die all the way down to a game over, uh-huh. um, it'll say game over on the screen, and then it'll have an option for you to just retry the level. So oh, you just that's you start yeah. you start at the same level. You don't have to regress a couple levels or 
so the all you start lose of the is world checkpoint, or anything. Really, is what you're saying. All you lose is your checkpoint, yeah, okay. and your lives. You know. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. And you start. You start back out with four lives. Uh, five if you count live zero. This game is a live zero right. game. Um, but uh, everything else for it is amazing for me. Yeah. Um, uh, I have the, just the... one more little thing that I would like to say before we wrap up. Um, okay. Some of the the hitboxes are a little weird sometimes. Um, yeah. with the turtle enemies specifically, again, watching the video is what reminded me of it. Um, I don't feel like I was anywhere close to a turtle one time. So turtles are enemies that you can either bounce on and they'll flip on their back and then you can use them to jump off of, or you can just mm-hmm. spin them away, uh, kill them right. like normal. Mm-hmm. I came up on the rear end of a turtle and I, I just died instantly. It was just <laughs> GG game over. You're dead. Yeah. And I don't feel like I touched it at all. Um, right. And then another thing, maybe I just didn't know this, possibly. Maybe it is how it's supposed to work. But there's monkey yeah. enemies that spin kind of like how them. Sonic does, right? Yes. And um, I had never had any problem with them. The platform. Yeah, <laughs> I had never had a problem with them. I just kind of, you know, spun them or jumped on them and then moved on with my life. But there mm-hmm. was one time where I went to jump on one and I died. And it mm-hmm. was rolling in its ball form. I'm assuming mm-hmm. you just can't jump on them when they're in the ball form. You can't, no. But yeah, I had no idea. So the one time that happened, I was like, oh, well, that's kind of cheap. Like, I just had no idea. Um, But now that I know, I mean, it's not a big deal. But there are a couple other things like that, just with the hitboxes. There was one time where there were a bunch of fruit or apples or whatever you want to call them. Mm -hmm. And there was like three of them bunched together. And I was jumping like right on top of them, trying to pick them up. And for whatever reason, I just could not collect them. No matter what I did, the fruit just did not collect. And so, yeah. I mean, I ended up giving up on it because the fruit, the only mm-hmm. thing it does is give you lives if you collect 100. So it's not a huge deal. It was just like, right. why will it not let me pick it up? So mm-hmm. the the remake here does have some small bugs, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Nothing that yeah. really ruins the game or anything like that, but no. it is just slightly annoying at times. Yeah. Um, but again, that's remake specific. We'll uh, we'll cover the original yeah. eventually. And yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as uh, as to whether or not I would play this just one more level. Oh, yes. I um oh. for this yeah. uh I 30% of the game. <laughs> oh nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. Just for uh just for this playthrough here. I'm I'm seeing you on stream here. You're coming up to that part you were talking about. I also yes. died yeah, I am. <laughs> quite a lot. I'm pretty sure a this lot, is the first lot. time I actually noticed the the dynamic difficulty. <laughs> um I probably got pretty close to it or just didn't realize whenever it uh had started happening. Yeah, because yeah, right here, specifically, if you're watching the YouTube video, well, the YouTube video will be a little bit different. The But if mm-hmm. you're watching on stream right here is uh, right the platform yeah. I was talking about earlier. But that really, just cheap. this whole section is kind of what uh, my gripe was about. Yeah, I noticed what you were talking about there. I don't think you should have taken damage from that spike. That was that hitbox thing you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sometimes they're just a little bit off. But uh, again, mm-hmm. the game is still more than worth playing. I agree with John as far as whether or yeah. not I'd play this just one more level. For sure. I, I definitely want to go back, beat this game. And like I said, at some point, I would like to return to cover the entire trilogy. Um, That's probably how we'll do it next time is cover the entire trilogy instead of just doing number two and then number three. Um, Mm -hmm. So for sure, for sure. Just one more level. Yes, yes, yes. Highly recommend. Um, um, Possibly the original over the remake, but the remake's certainly easier to get into and looks fantastic. Yes, and it's much more accessible these days as well. I, I I don't think it's expensive to get a copy on the original PlayStation, but for uh for newer gamers, you know, if you've been keeping up and you you're gaming on a Switch or you're gaming on a PS4 or uh, a PC, PC or something like that, you know, you have to 
shell out the cash to get yourself an original PlayStation and (laughs) find out how to hook it up to your modern TV and then (laughs) find a copy of the game and all that kind of stuff. So uh, the fact that this is out there, this and the Spyro Reignited trilogy. um, Yes, that one. That's another one I want to cover at some point. But I will say that one, I think they I had no gripes about that one compared to the original. Whereas this one. Um, I, again, I haven't actually played enough of the original to have a hard opinion on it, but I, I feel like I would have enjoyed the original better of this one. See, I I was a PlayStation kid, the original PlayStation. I had Spyro, Crash Bandicoot. I had Frogger. I had, uh, a lot of, a lot of the classic PS1 titles that people look back on fondly. I didn't have a lot of the more mature titles, um, like your Resident Evils and Silent Hill, but I had a lot of the, the family friendly titles back in the day for the PlayStation. So, um, I, um, actually, you know what? I don't think I had, no, I didn't own Crash Bandicoot. I had the rest of those, but, um, my friend owned Crash Bandicoot, actually. So you just had playing it a lot with him? I, I went over and played it all the time with him. Yeah. This and, uh, Twisted Metal 2 and, uh, other PlayStation classics like that uh, is uh, is what I ended up doing there. See, we but... were mostly Nintendo like growing up, and then once gotcha. I got to like my preteen teenage stage, it was pretty mm-hmm. much uh, Sony at that point. PS2, right. PS1, PS3. Once it came out, although I had right. the GameCube, and I absolutely adored the GameCube as well. Oh yeah, um, but that's the biggest regret of my life, right there. I'm just gonna spell that out. I, I'm not saying that I would regret getting a GameCube, nor that the GameCube had bad games or anything like that. But um, I was given the option once. Uh, my dad was in the store and he said, "You told me to come and get you the Nintendo Wii, but they don't have it. They have the PlayStation 3, the Xbox 360, or the GameCube." <laughs> and I and said, "You took the I GameCube? want the GameCube, yeah, because I wanted a, I wanted a Nintendo console again." <laughs> I had the Super <laughs> Nintendo when I was a kid, and I was like, oh, "All right, Lord. anything, anything Nintendo." I yeah, mean, I could excellent have been choice in console, but not compared to the other. Not two. compared <laughs> to the other two. No, yes. I could have been playing Blu-ray discs. Exactly. Back in 2007, are you kidding me? <laughs> but no, yeah, I went with the GameCube. Oh, for goodness' sake, that was Lord. uh, oh, yeah. Lord. Yeah, and then I ended up selling that GameCube to GameStop for $35. <laughs> I believe it. GameStop. It was the ga- GameCube. Oh, um, yeah, the GameCube, two controllers, two memory cards, and uh, four games. I had Super Mario Sunshine. I had Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door. I had Lego Star Wars, and I had Super Smash Brothers Melee. For excellent the, games, though. For, excellent. Uh, excellent game library, yeah. But for all four of those games and the, and the console, they gave me $35. <laughs> all right yeah. um so uh let's wrap it up here I, any final thoughts i think i pretty much said everything i wanted to say um the only thing if i had to make any gripe i, I think i've made it known that i adore the Crash Bandicoot it, franchise yeah. <laughs> i quite enjoyed it yeah i quite enjoy the original i look forward to reviewing that in the future any excuse i get to play crash is a great day um, right but if i had to make any gripe i have no idea what's going on with the story <laughs> oh yeah i mean they added like the cutscene in the beginning which i don't know if they had yeah, in the original or not um, but they they um, did it looked the worse, only thing that did. it really tells you <laughs> is that you are a bandicoot that was being experimented on by yeah. a uh, unnamed as far as i know i mean uh, he's Cortex. named but unnamed in the uh uh cutscene i mean they um, say his name i think do I, that, maybe I not in the original it. but in this one yeah they say his name's cortex um okay well anyways yeah and, so you're uh, you're a bandicoot that's being experimented on and apparently yeah. there are others also yeah you see a, a glimpse of your girlfriend both in game and in that cutscene. um right 
in the uh, you you see your girlfriend uh, at the end of the bonus stages. She's yeah. your like uh, she's your driving force. You want to get to the end to um, see your to girlfriend save yeah. to save your girlfriend. Yeah, Classic and then Cortex story here. right. Cortex <laughs> comes in and swoops her away right at the last second there. Um, and the uh, it's uh, yeah. Here's the cutscene here. I'm yeah, the video on, restarted. On we uh, video we, restarted we broke there. the forty-five minute mark there, so we yeah, did. The video restarted, <laughs> <laughs> um, or got close but, to it. I guess not quite forty-five. I mean, but. there may be more story towards the end of the game. You may get a little bit more from Cortex and his minions to figure out what's going on. Why is he experimenting on the Bandicoots? What is a Bandicoot? Right, um, right. And uh, I just noticed you know? in the cutscene there. There's actually a bunch of other creatures there too. Yes, they um, all they make appearances. Seem to be experimenting on. Yeah, they all make appearances in Crash Bash. Um, oh, okay, cool. I th- they're all playable characters or enemy characters. Um, I don't know how they factor in. Crash Bash was made, I think, right around two thousand. So it was after all three of the games had come out for the PlayStation. So y- they had a lot of things to build on. Um, like I said, I don't know how the story gets fleshed out uh, throughout the rest of Crash Bandicoot. This is the farthest I've ever made it in the game for how much I played it. Um, right. And uh, I've never played the sequels. I, I never had the second and third ones, so I don't know how this ends up developing. But, um, yeah. I mean, and for what it is, it's an action platformer. You don't need that much no, of a story. you really don't. That's not it's why you're playing the game. Yeah. yeah. You're playing the game for the challenge and for making your way through the level and collecting all your little fruit and crates and things. But um, it's uh, I, I've always been curious, you know, what am I what am I doing? Why right. am I on this beach? <laughs> um, well, I mean, and Crash 4 just came out. So, uh, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there will be more story in that game as well. I yeah. love the pun for that, too. It's about time. <laughs> It's yeah, about time it's about we had. Time. Yeah, both. It's about time we've had a Crash Bandicoot four and a proper it's literally one. a a proper because Crash. There Bandicoot was 4. Crash. Yeah. There was a, a fourth Crash Bandicoot made. In fact, I think there was a fifth Crash Bandicoot game made. Um, there was but a they ton. were heavily yeah. banned by uh, most fans of the series. Um, yeah, I don't. And they in were, Japan, they were I called. Feel, I feel Crash bad Bandicoot for the Japanese uh, audience because in Japan yeah. it was, uh, oh, was Crash it? Four, and then whenever okay. they released Crash Four, it's about time. They mm-hmm. also called it Crash 4. <laughs> so I feel okay. a little bad for the Japanese audience. That's got to be well, a bit uh, uh, confusing for them. But yeah. No, I, I don't. They, <laughs> they, 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 they completely screwed us over on the Mario title, so I don't want to hear it. They... Oh, I don't even want to hear it with Mario. Final Fantasy is where yeah. they screwed us over. Yeah. Two, three, right. and I think four, all of those were just like, did not, not exist. And so they right. called Final Fantasy uh two was actually like final fantasy four or five or whatever and then yeah yeah and nowadays like when you search for final fantasy two you have no idea what's gonna come up like right is this the japanese final fantasy two is this the english oh my god oh Oh, my god and if if we're talking if we're talking like indie movies from other countries as far as being released in america's it's it's awful there's um (laughs) i i forget what it is but there's like an italian made movie saga called zombie and um for some reason, when uh, George Romero's Night of the Living Dead, either Night of the Living Dead or Dawn of the Dead, one of those, released over there, they called it Zombie. Yeah. <laughs> over in uh, either Italy or Japan. So when they wanted Perfect. to make the Italian movies in America, they couldn't release Zombie 2 in America with the name because Zombie. Of... Right. <laughs> because of the Dawn of the Dead movie. So they, they uh, instead of calling it Zombie 2, they called it Zombie. <laughs> in the in the u.s so zombie 2 over there was zombie in the u.s and, and 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 you know and their zombie 2 they they had a, they eventually gave up and they just started doing it for parody right 
but it's uh yeah quite it, confusing it, it's been happening like that for a long time i feel like the modern age is probably the best age to live in as far as uh consuming across yeah uh, parody across the continents and consuming foreign material and things like that yeah um it's 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 much much better but um so anyway yeah. <laughs> crash bandicoot crash bandicoot <laughs> um so yeah i mean we are pretty much over time at this point but let's not forget yeah. john where can we find yeah you? you can find me on twitch at the Dorseman. you can also find me on youtube at the Dorseman. um I just started uploading again. I'm going to be uploading uh, some of my Twitch streams as uh, some Twitch highlights and different things like that. So you don't want to miss that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm just John Dorsey, uh, John Dorsey one on Twitter. And uh, that's uh, that's pretty much it for me. Christian, where can we find you? Yeah, I also have the the Twitter. I am uh, stream the steam at stream the steam on Twitter. Um, YouTube is pretty much just vods of stuff on Twitch. So if you want to catch it live um, and and interact, I suggest Twitch. But you can find me at both of those platforms. Uh, stream all the steam. So come check it out sometime. I just play a variety of games as well as, of course, the stuff that we do for the podcast is usually not always, but usually done on stream and then mm-hmm. uploaded sometime after the podcast goes out to the YouTubes. So mm-hmm. yeah, check us out. Check us out. All but, right. Uh, and uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. No, it's all you. It's all you. <laughs> um, Thank you, everybody, so much for watching. Uh, You didn't have to, but you did. And we appreciate it. We do. We appreciate your time and uh, appreciate you being here with us tonight. Bye-bye. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before I say goodbye, I almost forgot. Next week. Oh, my God. Next next week. week. What are we playing? I forget. I thought we were playing Crash Bandicoot 2. No, it's Ratchet and Clank (laughs) next week. Ratchet and Clank? Ratchet and Clank next week. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, we will. uh, We already have a couple other games scheduled. We actually have Ratchet and Clank Mm -hmm. scheduled and then Ukulele, which is a... uh, platformer collectathon schedule, right. but uh, we can certainly throw some more Crash Bandicoot in here for John's yeah. sake, uh, and and for my own sake as well. I wouldn't mind getting mm-hmm. a little bit more of the Crash uh, Bandicoot. Oh in. yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't know exactly when we'll be streaming it, recording or us recording it, but uh, Wednesday, mm-hmm. November eleventh. Look forward to Ratchet and Clank, and then a week later yep. on November eighteenth, Ukulele. And last thing, if anybody made it this far in the video or the podcast. Mm-hmm uh give us a holler let us know in the comments below or on twitter or something we are trying to come up with some christmas themed games to do a little christmas special and Mm -hmm. neither myself nor john have any idea of any christmas games at all the only thing that i can think of the only game that comes to mind is kingdom hearts has the the, uh a christmas themed um nightmare before christmas level (laughs) that's that's it that's the only Uh, thing and that's not even like in the beginning of the game or anything like that so it's like i don't know i'm at a loss what do you got john i i got this okay the wisdom tree games (laughs) oh lord and and that's honestly i wasn't thinking specifically wisdom tree but um terrible and or just indie games are kind of what i was thinking um but yeah, let us know if you guys have any ideas. Wisdom Tree is a real possibility at this point because I don't have yeah. anything better. That, um, was, yeah. uh, th- that was the nerd, uh, the angry video game nerds, uh, like first two Christmas specials he did was all uh, Wisdom Tree games. Wisdom Tree stuff? Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Lord. Just because but of right. the, the Bible theme. Again, one last time. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. We will be back next week. Thank you. See you soon. Bye-bye.